welcome, welcome to another uh, encounter with Christ. And, and we call that where the stones will cry out. Today, we're, I'm here with Justin Broyles, my good friend. And he and I were going to talk about the stones crying out. You all remember that in Luke uh, 1940, it says that when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem for the last time, and people knew he was such a great prophet. And they said, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And what happened was the Pharisees were pretty darn upset about that. So they go to Jesus and they say, tell them to be quiet. And Jesus says, if I tell them to be quiet, the stones will cry out. Yeah. And of course, each one of us has that story. Whether we perceive it or not, each one of us has something that Jesus wants to speak into the world through us. I call that our personal parable. And Jesus says uh, uh, a, a parable is, is a theological moral lesson he wants to tell. Well, I'm, I'm, his, I'm his spokesperson, mm -hmm. and you are too, Swan. I mentioned this to Justin Broyles uh, to come in and maybe give, uh, talk to me about this. He was eager to let you know what's on his heart or the stones will cry out. Mm -hmm. So, Justin, welcome. Thank you. Great it's a wonder. Great to see you. Great to see you. I was hoping maybe for a minute or two that uh, even though I, I know you through your wife, uh, Jenny, uh, met her many years ago when she was on our confirmation retreat uh, at Magigori, but uh, since then, uh, you've come into her life, so you've come into my life. So tell me a little bit uh, so that people know who we're speaking with. Mm -hmm. So my name is Justin Broyles. Um, I now live in St. Charles, Missouri, but I grew up in a small town in Kansas, um, about a town, roughly 500 people. Um, I met my wife while I was in college um, with Focus Ministries, uh, Fellowship of Catholic University Students, which I am now a fourth-year missionary um, with Focus. So I work with the Varsity Catholic National Team, where I help oversee the mission of Varsity Catholic on campuses across the country. Um, I also happen to be in the Encounter School of Ministries, where you and I have had to have, uh, have had the pleasure and the opportunity to share some amazing experiences together. Well, that's great. Well, maybe yeah. we'll talk a little bit about both Focus and Encounter yeah. today. But I, I'm really curious, if, if, I, if we were in an elevator, right, and we had 16 stories to go up, and I stepped in and, and said, how you doing? And you said, oh, I can't wait to tell you this. How would you start? How would you talk to me when you only have about... Oh, 160 seconds. We have much more time than that, and I welcome you into this. But I was curious, what would you say? I would say that the Father desires you to know, as, your son, as His Son, His mercy and love. And He wants all of His children to know that regardless of their mistakes, regardless of the things that they have done, that Jesus and the Father still love them and see them as worthy of redemption. And salvation. Wow. What a great story of mercy and a starting of a story of mercy. Mm -hmm. How did you first perceive that 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 was true in your life? Mm. I perceived that it was true in my life when at a moment in time in my life where I was just at a point of desperation. I had been looking for something in the world that would fill, fulfill this God-sized hole in my heart. So and, just so I can know in context, were, mm -hmm. were you, uh, how long have you been out of college now? I've been out of college for four years. Okay. Was this before you were in college or during or after? This was during, while during I was college. in college. Okay, yeah. so sometime in the last decade. Right? That's right. So um, uh, where were you attending college? I was at Emporia State University in Kansas. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. All right. So, so uh, what happened that, that causes you to, to know this much about the mercy and redemption mm. and love of God? Mm. So, yeah, I was... It was after a terrible breakup that I was in. It was a very toxic relationship. And I grew up in an agnostic faith where, like, God was here, but he had, God was up in the, in the sky, but had no relative meaning in my life. When you mean relative, you mean, like, day-to-day -day application? Exactly. Day-to-day -day where you saw him? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, God was just up in the sky ruling earth, and he did not care about me. Well, a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah. Even some of our founding fathers of this country thought that God was more like a clockmaker who sets a clock in motion and that, that's how it goes. Was that similar to how you perceived it? Yeah. Someone who just oversaw the daily duties of the world but didn't care about his own creation. Okay. And how did yeah. that affect how you saw the world? I saw the world in, a, in, in such a way that it was just all for me. I could do whatever I want. I had no morals or values or beliefs. So I was in control. And I made all the rules. Well, that was 
you know, you were quite successful. You got into college, so it must have been working out pretty good for you for a while mm -hmm. until this occurrence in your life. Mm -hmm. Until, yep. Until this occurrence happened, I had just been living by my own whim, trying to overcome struggles that I had um, been struggling with with my own willpower. And it wasn't until I, like, just radically out of, I think, a whim of the Holy Spirit, just got on my knees and prayed, like, God, I need your help. So let me understand the context. Prior to that, uh, you knew about God, okay, yep. but, but had you spent a lot of time on your knees in prayer before no. that? No. Okay, maybe you once about or it, twice. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so it was in that in that emotional struggle that uh, the Holy Spirit prompted you. And, and what was what was what was that like when you were prompted by the Holy Spirit? I remember just having this spirit of desperation kind of come upon me, and a needing of something greater than myself to restore the life that I was. I and it was it was just like I. I can't, I give up. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Well, yeah. that's a great, at the time, you might not have felt it was a great place no. to be, <laughs> but, but motive, many of us have experienced something like that. But so, so were, you were on campus at the time? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And, and did you, did you go to a place of worship or was that like in the dorm or out in the park or? This was at, in my apartment. Oh, okay. Actually. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. in your apartment, you were brought to your knees because you felt that there was nothing else available. Mm -hmm. okay. I had tried everything, everything that the world had said that was going to fulfill this God-sized Well, hope. when you say they tried everything, I, I, you don't mm -hmm. want to get too personal here, but I am mm -hmm. curious, what, what did you try? The party culture, the hookup scene, um, tried to fulfill this hole with sports and putting my identity into, uh, I, I was a track and field runner, runner so, um, Everything that around in that world was based on if I made my personal record or personal best time or not. And if I didn't, it was like desperation. And if I did, I was on top of the world. So my Until you went to the next person. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So it was always this, there was this constant fight of like persevering and fighting, but always led to disappointment, setback, injury. And it, and it just wasn't. If I might interject working. from what you've said so far, if I'm listening close enough, that's how you just thought it was, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's it right. worked for you in the past up until this, this breakup. Right. But you thought that's just how life was, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So, uh, but, but you said the Holy Spirit had a prompting. What was that? Mm -hmm. It was just a prompting of, I, I, th I think it was just a profound, almost like push to get on my knees. And, and to be there and to just reach out. So when you did, um, I don't know if you recall the exact prayer or whatever. Uh, it was more a prayer of the heart. Your mm -hmm. heart was in desperation. What happened then? I just simply said to the Lord, I don't care anymore about what others think of me. I don't care what their opinion may be. I care. I just want to serve you. And I just want to be with you. And uh, I'll be one of those Bible thumpers if you want. Because my perception of... of Christians was their life was completely devoted to the Lord, but they weren't actually fully truly themselves. They were just this um, robot, but weren't actually fully alive. What made you think that? I mean, I, that's a very very intuitive perception. Mm -hmm. I love that. What made you think that that Christians were were like that? That they were they were you know just uh, robotically devoted. And if, if I'm listening right, mm -hmm. devoted. What made you think that? Mm -hmm. I had in my in my childhood growing up, um, even though I said I was agnostic personally, I had some encounters with um, some Protestant churches while I was growing up, and I used to attend church um, about every Sunday with my grandparents. But I, I noticed the stark difference around Christians who would go to church on Sunday. And then I would see them maybe the next following days and they wouldn't be living up to what they actually like were being told or what they actually believed. And so like it just kind of was a, a big turnoff for me. And it just felt like I couldn't actually fully be myself, my true, authentic, genuine. So, so if I'm understanding yeah. it, you're saying if I was Christian, I'd have to put on this Christian mask. Exactly. In which I yes. wouldn't be myself. Exactly. But I'd be showing the world that I was Christian. Exactly. And that's, okay. And that was, 
that wasn't authentic for you. No. You wanted to be authentic, so you didn't right. seek it out. Mm -hmm. I wanted real change because what I was doing in my life, everything that I'd tried, it just wasn't changing. I'd go to church on Sunday, and I, I would just be about my day-to-day. -day, like, I'd go to church on Sunday, get a really great high, come around, back around, you know, two days later on Tuesday and still commit the same, the same sins. Okay. And, and I felt that there was like, there's got to be something more than this. Okay. There has to be. But you had set that aside in mm -hmm. your life. And then yeah. now you were, now you were on your knees recognizing mm -hmm. that. And, and uh, had you ever before that, uh, uh, you know, dipped your toe into a devotion to God, meaning, meaning, from what the prayer you were talking about, I was sitting there going, cool, right? Because, because that's, a, that's an abandonment to the Lord that is very difficult for, for a lot mm -hmm. of us to do. You know, to, to basically put it, say, I put everything in my life aside if you want me to be a Bible thumper, mm -hmm. um, you know, Jesus freak, which I am. <laughs> uh, you know, if you want me to be that way, I'll be that way. Uh, so did you, did, what, what happened next? Take me to that moment. Mm -hmm. What happened next was I go to my friend in my apartment who I was staying with, who actually ended up being the best man in my wedding. And I told him, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to be a different person. Was he kind of walking a Christian path? He was. He was a fallen away Catholic and was still trying to figure everything out at the time. So he had been away from his faith okay. at the time. But you wanted to share your experience. Mm -hmm. and, and on your knees, did you did you? Feel anything or hear anything when you? I'm backing up a little bit, but I didn't really necessarily hear or feel anything. But it was almost like this quiet eeriness of. I, I like to use God as uh, there's a. I love I love acronyms, and so I think of God as a, di a gift of desperation, and uh, like in a, in a way like even though I didn't hear anything, I think just the the prompting randomly out of nowhere that came over me to just get on my knees and, and surrender. I think that might have been. So that, that's, that surprised you in your own Yeah, context. right, okay. right, right. Because I, I wouldn't have been something that I wouldn't have been something that I've done in the past because I would have went on figuring it out by myself. Well, you could have just you could have just passed that off as, a, as an anomaly, but sure. you didn't. There was mm -hmm. something else going on. What mm -hmm. was that? Um, could you like in insofar as like what was going on? Yeah, when the, you you went spirit, back and talked yeah. to your roommate. Yeah, yeah. And so so what and and he what what was his response? His response to me was like okay, like he didn't really understand what was going on, but he and I had both been in a situation where we had seen the world and what it had done to us as a result of living such a, a secular life, that we were just in the, in this point of like acceptance and like okay. And then together we started exploring different options. Ah, together. so when you came yeah. to him, you were, he was somewhat of a fertile ground without being in the same spot as you were exactly. And so that was really neat that he was at the same place to give a yes as you were. Yeah. And, and even if his yes way. was more tentative than yours or yours was more ten tentative than his, it sounds like your yeses kind of became one good mm -hmm. yes. Absolutely. And as, as we continue to share on, a lot of my friendship with him is from, like, starts and is centered around that, like, finding of our faith, our Catholic faith, which I, re I then converted to, and he um, had a major conversion back to. Um, oh. it, was, it was amazing. So, so uh, what, what, was, what was God up to? I mean, that's a great question to mm -hmm. say, to ask God. It's a great prayer. If you ever think about having a prayer and you're not quite sure what's going on with your life, just say, God, what are you up to? Mm -hmm. But what was God up to with you? I think he was hearing and listening my prayer and using other people to bring me closer to him. So tell me how that worked. So a few months, I think it was either in the same month, a few weeks or a few months later, I had noticed uh, one of my friends on the track and field team who was... Um, was absolutely radiant and filled with the joy of the Spirit. And at the time, I didn't really understand what that was. But she had a joy that I didn't have about life. And so I went up to her while we were at practice, and I was like, what is it about your faith? What is it about you that makes you so happy? And she said, it's my Catholic faith. And I'm like, really? And we kind of got into a dialogue with each other. And, I, and she was like, 
Well, let me put you in contact with a missionary who I know that maybe he can answer some of these questions that you have. And I went to this missionary, told him where I was, and, and uh, it was incredible. Oh, cool. All right. So, so it's really neat how God is moving you or attracting you mm-hmm. to other people, not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. Yes. And yet there was somebody available for you to go to and yes. have not only questions answered, but to see that it was real. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's way good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, then, then you could have just left it alone. You yeah. said, oh, yeah, I dipped my toe in it. Then what else happened? Mm. I started attending a Bible study after that. And at this point, I had looked at the, the Bible in such like a, a nominal way, meaning that like, oh, this is a book that they use on Sunday, and this is filled with a bunch of things that happened at the point, at the point of this time was tw- 2017 years ago. Like, so none of this in my mind was ever relevant. But then I actually opened up these scriptures and I joined a, a men's Bible study with this missionary and my best friend who I had that kind of comfort, uh, confrontation with regarding my faith. And um, I just found that, that like, how is this true that the scriptures apply to me right now? This was written over 2,000 years ago. And I just fell in love, fell in love and it had an, it just fell in love with who God was in, in the scriptures. It was amazing. So when you say you fell in love, is that kind of where, you know, when we started out today and you talked about his mercy, mm. you talked about his love for you, is that the first way you felt that different love? You know, we all have some love in us from the standpoint of what God does. From the, I, I, get, I got up this morning, God must love me. Yeah. The older you get, the more that's more pertinent. But having <laughs> said that, you know, I was able to do this. I was able to get to one spot or the other. And we, we do take that for granted. But when we realize that God's enabling every one of our moves, then we can just kind of live in it. Mm-hmm. But you got to another level of love, if I might mm-hmm. ask. Is that true? That's very true. Okay, so other than just being, which is what? that God makes us be, helps us be, you were able to get to a place where you felt his love. And then what did that do to you? It just made me want to pursue more. It made me want to go deeper in my relationship with God. Because I had came in knowing God as this old, Old Testament, brutal guy, as I mentioned earlier, like who did not care. But when I opened up the scriptures and started studying, I found that he actually loved me. And actually found that like he has a plan through Jesus Christ for my life and it was amazing and and not only that I was finding community amongst the missionary and my friend who we were all three searching and and, and trying to find out who God actually was because like I said I had all these preconceived note like preconceived ideas and thoughts about who God was but then when I actually got to the substance of the truth I found I found something different. So uh, when you say you found something different, as you were in Scripture, in a Bible study, reading Scripture, at some point it started talking to you. Oh, yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of you just talking at it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, what did that cause you to change in your life? It made me start to attend um, a, <clears throat> start to attend a Protestant service more, where I could be around people who had like, like-minded ideas of me. Um, it also deepened my relationship with this missionary and this friend that I had. Um, and it just really put me in a place where, like, where the way that I was living, I need, to, I need to actually try to live differently. I don't need to maybe turn on, like, explicit music. But actually, what is music that's going to center myself in, around Christ? Because at this point, I, I had, like I said, I had tried it all. And I was willing to do whatever. And um, so I attended this Protestant service and it was, it was wonderful and good. Um, I would get a high on Sunday, but then there wasn't any real change for me. I, like I said, I was looking for a personal, I was looking for an actual change of my own being. So, so yeah. you weren't so much talking about change of habits because you, you already started that. You're talking about a change of who you thought you were in mm-hmm. relationship to God? Is that mm-hmm. true? Yes. Thinking? Ultimately, yes. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. But, and, and so even though you were being uh, nourished in some way at, at this service that you were going to, without commenting on whether it was good or bad, but it was, it was community. Yes. And you had community with your friends. There was still something else drawing. Mm-hmm. 
That's you, right. Looking back on it, you may not have known words to put it, uh, how to put it in words, but looking back on it, can you can you say what that is? Mm. I think it. I think it had to be the Eucharist okay. above all things, because what I was looking for, like I mentioned, was deeper transformation. I would hear the message every Sunday, and it would be great, but I had no accountability for actually like for actually changing my life. So I was looking for the substance, like this is all great surface material, but there's, there's got to be something underneath this message that is true and that can change me. And I just like, as I mentioned, I, I fell in love with God for the first time and I wanted more. And, and that started my pursuit of, of the more. Okay, you know? so, so how did that, I mean, um, when you said pursuit of more mm -hmm. and you didn't know that much about the Catholic Church. Your friend, who was uh, uh, somewhat of a lapsed Catholic, you, you described him that way. I'm, yep. not, I'm not putting labels on him. But, but your friend, who, who was kind of a lapsed Catholic, now he's on this journey with you. He's in the Bible study with you. How, how did watching that change in his faith affect you? Mm. I think it helped me feel like I wasn't the only one going through this and wrestling. And it also felt like that. I, was, I wasn't alone in the sense of I wanted to be, live a better way of life. And that gave me a sense of community of like, okay, I'm not the only one yeah. here. There was 12 apostles. There was 72 that were sent out, right? <laughs> That's right. And, and they were sent yes. out two by two. Yes. You know, so, so it's, not, it's not just happenstance that it, there was an even number, so Jesus said, let's do it by 72. He, he decided that, that two by two was, was good. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's, he worked with what he had right there. Yeah. And, and he's working with you, too. How are you led then, if the Eucharist was so in, in, important and got you closer to God than you thought you're you're at uh, at this other service how did you how was that drawn that's why i asked you about your friend mm -hmm. who's a lapsed catholic mm -hmm. did you see him get greater interest in the eucharist or was that a, did you go by another route i actually went by another route i was invited to a retreat both my la my friend who is a lapsed catholic and myself by this missionary to come on this awakening retreat um in college um and and go and just be now, this is my first ever, like, encounter with the Catholic faith. And as I mentioned, I was radically open because I, I, was, such, I was such in a desperate place. And I was open to whatever the God was going to throw at me. And so I was invited on this retreat, and I didn't, little did I know at the time that I was going to, I don't know, be the, the turning point or the, the, the pivotal point of, of my life. All right, tell me what happened. Yeah. So it's a three-day retreat, um, a Friday evening a whole day Saturday and half a day on Sunday. And I had arrived after, arrived after practice on Friday and I got an orientation and I had saw some of my teammates on the track and field team there, which made me feel like home. But later on Saturday night, the priest, Father Nick Blaha, had mentioned to me that we're going to go into adoration. And at the time, I had no idea what was happening. But he invited me to enter into um, a state of being such as the one of the woman bleeding from hemorrhages in the gospel. And so here we are in rural Kansas in a pewless church, and I'm, and I'm like kneeling. Um, and Father goes up to them, express like, what's, what's about to happen? And I, for the very first time, I'm seeing a, a crucifix in my life. I've never, at, at that point in time, I had never looked at a crucifix. Just to add some context mm -hmm. to yep. this, uh, did you know what he was talking about when he talked about the woman with the hemorrhages? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So no. then did he explain it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, exp he went on to explain that um, by the time that we had gotten into the chapel that we would put ourselves in the position of the woman of bleeding hemorrhages where she would reach out and touch Jesus' cloak and be healed. And uh, so we had that setting and he got out his garments and his robes and had carried Jesus around in the monstrance to all of us kneeling. And each of us got to have a personal... Uh, benediction is what they call it, where you reach out and touch the cloak just as the woman in the gospel did, and then Jesus there in the monstrance, you got to have a word with him. And so here I am. I had never, now keep in mind, I never was a crier, an emotional person at this point. I'd have only cried like maybe once or twice um, before that. And I'm watching all of these people have these encounters with Jesus, and I'm like, no way. So you weren't the first one? No. 
No, okay. I was maybe in like in the third or fourth row. In the oh, back. okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you're seeing that there's that there's something demonstrable that's happening. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And and uh, and and what did you see in the other people that 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 surprised you? A spirit of like a spirit of change of they were in a, a place of of like okay I'm good I'm here to like I'm busting down crying and I was like what that's insane well I, I, I'm sorry to, yeah. to interject but, but I, I really gotta know what were you thinking because part of me at mm -hmm. that point trying to put myself in your shoes yeah. would be where's the exit you mm -hmm. know I'm not so sure if I haven't cried before I'm not could you tell that they were crying out of out of joy as opposed to pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. at least you could try that. That at least gave you some reason to stay. Yep. Yep. And I was already in the building. Yeah. And I, I, okay. and I, I would. He had told me that Jesus was present in this piece of bread, and and so at the I was kind of just going into this assumption of like if this is truly Christ, then okay, great. Like I I'll believe it. So by the time that Jesus came around, I reached out and touched Father Nick's cloak. And here's Jesus, and I'm looking up at him, so you can imagine that here's me. And uh, I just remember that encounter. And I don't really know if I have any kind of words to, to put in to what I encountered. But in my mind, in my heart, I knew that was Jesus, and I wanted to give him everything. Oh, that's beautiful. And... and, and I guess I could just I could say like to 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 put the infinite into the finite. Um, like I just felt love. I just felt love, and a love in which I knew at the time was greater, greater than anything. And it was a love that like I, I, in the past I had done things to earn love. Right? I I ran well. I received affirmation. I got good grades and I received affirmation. But when I didn't do those things, it was it was like oh yeah you're not you know like that's bad you got to do better you always have to be better but what was different in this was I was looked at and loved for my whole person and that radically changed everything well I, I love that you talk about uh, being open to it you know mm -hmm. you were you were at a spot where you'd, you'd gone past a little desperation now you're in a little community and yet that the Holy Spirit is still put on your heart to be open to find, to being closer, a more intimate relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus. And you said, okay, if, if this is a way, I might find out it's not, but this is, if this is a way to get closer to Jesus, then I'm, I'm, I'm good with it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. well, I praise God for Thank putting you, that Jesus. on your heart, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's something. And so... Uh, you felt love, and that caused you to have a physical manifestation? Yeah. Phys yeah, and what was that? And it felt like, so I had never really felt my soul, ever. But what I found, what I felt was this, almost like, you ever imagine like a basketball player who's working on their dribbling skills, and the basketball's bouncing really fast up and down on the floor? That's exactly what I felt in my chest. And at that point, I had been to... A lot of services were like it was great and it really got me moving and like my spirits lifted. But what I encountered there, I, I've never had encountered that. And so my immediate words after that to the missionary, after the whole services ended, it's like if this is what it means to be Catholic, I, I want it. I'm all in. So <clears throat> at this point, uh, you probably had heard about the Virgin Mother Mary. Uh, you, you'd heard about different aspects of the Catholic Church a little bit from your friend and whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm so excited to hear that you were just willing to say, show me, mm -hmm. whatever, I'll, I'll have it. So, so uh, uh, that was, in my, in my term, and I've got like dog years, in my term of years of my life, that was a fairly short time ago. Mm -hmm. But for you, that's been a, that's been quite a journey. Mm -hmm. um, so after that, I hope the missionary gave you some hints as to how you could come into the Catholic Church. That's right. And as you as you proceeded on that aspect of your of your travels, uh, you still stayed with the with the Bible study. Mm -hmm. okay. Yep, still stayed with the Bible study. Okay. And what I started doing was after that, I started to attend mass, 
I started to attend Mass right after that experience because not only had I had that encounter, which was the, the I don't know, like, like I said, the foundation almost of, of my faith now, but I had people, I had missionaries. Greater, I had more missionaries that cared for me. I had teammates on my track and field team who actually were friends with me, who weren't just friends with me because we were on the same team, you know, or they, they weren't there to go like me for, for me to be a designated driver, you know, anytime that they went, wanted to go out and drink. But they were there and they cared about me in a way that I'd never experienced before. Okay, for, for you as yourself, not as what you did. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. And, and, and that mirrored a little bit of what you just told us you experienced, right? That's right. God loved you for in that, in that moment yeah. for yourself. And then did that idea or that, uh, that feeling and experience about how God's love was so pervasive over you, did that persist? That persisted for a while, actually. Um, I ended up then later getting, I went through RCIA, which after reading some of the writings of St. John Paul II, I was like, if this guy is Catholic, and I knew at the point that he wasn't alive, but if he's truly Catholic, especially the teachings on love and responsibility, then this is a faith that I want. So the love and the feeling and persisted, persisted even after my baptism, which I was baptized, confirmed uh, March 31st of uh, 2018 at the okay. Easter Vigil, right. and it was amazing. Um, so the love persisted, and and then it went away for a while. And and when you say it went away for a while, mm -hmm. was that because of something going on in your life, or was it was it sometimes the Lord draws back from us on purpose? I mean, we may feel that that we're on an emotional high or a spiritual high sometimes, and the Lord draws back away on purpose to say, "Are you really following me?" Or are you just sliding down the hill? Mm -hmm. So, so uh, what was it with you when you say it kind of tapered off? I would say like <clears throat> it came from this, like really I feel God's love. And it was like an assistance of like God really rewarding me for being there. And then it kind of came down to the true test. I'm not going to feel anything. Am I going to choose? So it became much more like you're, what, exactly what you're saying, like God distancing himself and me chasing after and pursuing him. That's really interesting. And, and we happen to be here today on the uh, Feast of St. Teresa of Avila. Yes. And uh, if you've ever had a chance to write, the, to read the castles or the mansions, the book she wrote, she very much talks about that in that. Uh, it, we hadn't planned about talking about it. We didn't really talk about what we were going to talk about <laughs> today. But, but she talks about that in different, different areas of your soul and that you get, the, the Lord gives you kind of juicy fruits kind of little fruits and cakes she talks about in her book. I recommend it wholeheartedly. She's a doctor of the church. And she wrote that not because she wanted to, she was compelled to by her superiors who said, you've got to write a book. So <laughs> no one's ever come up to me and said, you've got to write a book. Yeah, so no. that's really good that she did with her. And yeah. she talks about that. So then she says, then after you get like excited about the faith and you get like like um, little, little fruits, then then the Lord somewhere along the line and of course, the evil one really starts attacking at that That's spot because right. he knows he doesn't have you anymore. You're not really going towards his camp. You're going in the other direction. Then, the, then uh, the Lord can pull away and say, "Come, come." Mm -hmm. So, were you uh, <clears throat> obviously? This wasn't a constant high. You've kind of said the Lord drew away a little bit. Did you? Did you feel like you were being attacked a little bit by the evil one at this time? Yeah, I did. And how did it present itself? It presented itself in a lot of temptations. I had struggled with addiction and I had at the time like relapsed a couple times. And so like when I wasn't getting that feeling, I had kind of felt like, well, I had just like had this encounter, like where is Jesus right now? And uh, it really put a lot of doubt and a lot of like, okay, maybe God isn't here anymore. Maybe he's, maybe he's just doesn't care because I'm, I'm in the midst of struggling with the mortal sin that I can't seem to break. And so what happened, my mindset became, once again, like that performance-based mentality of I do good, I get love. I don't do good, I don't get love. And that is something that I've even struggled up even till today, yeah. um, receiving and accepting God's love regardless of my mistakes. Well, does it help you then to go back to that, to that monstrous? You know, to, to that first time you were in front of oh. Jesus was in front of you and you felt that love and you'd done 
not much of anything uh, except living the best hedonistic life or secular life you could. Yeah. You yeah. hadn't done anything where you thought you were working towards getting closer to the Lord except for the Bible study maybe, but you weren't really performing for him, and yet he loved you so much. Mm -hmm. So how did that help you in this dry period? Uh, it helped me just because it gave me consolation knowing that I was still loved. I was still loved and accepted by God. And what was so profound for me was, as I, I never received the Eucharist until my additional, uh, you know, my, my, my actual confirmation um, on Easter. And um, like, like that, just even at the thought of like losing that at that time, and I wish I still kind of had a little bit of that, I don't know, like fresh, that freshness of my faith. Because like at the thought of losing, not being able to receive the Eucharist was immensely like painstaking for me. I, I hated the thought of not doing that. So, so when, yeah. you, when you had when it turned your, you turned sideways mm -hmm. to the Lord, not turned your back totally, you were still going to church, I guess. You yes. Just, you felt that you, were, you, were, you had not lived up to what he wanted you to do. Mm -hmm. uh, how, did, how did that, even though you still felt in his presence, how did that, how did you get through that? What was that about? I just kept coming back. I knew that it was going to pass. I just kept believing and trusting because I had known that I had tried everything. And at this point, I like looked at what I'd already received and been like, there's no way that I'm going to give this up. No way. I've had already the friends that I said I wasn't going to say or was told to me that I wasn't going to have. I had the community. I had the love from Christ. Um, I had the acceptance. Um, and I had a home. And I couldn't give that up. So I just kept coming. And the, and the uh, how were you, your perseverance? And apparently that lasted for some time. How long did mm -hmm. this go on for? Mm -hmm. This lasted for a few months. Um, and this is actually kind of speaking into, I'm actually kind of even speaking into the biggest, one of my biggest dry spells that I've had since my conversion. So I'm even kind of sharing a little bit of that too. Okay. Yeah. So, so you had this dry spell. You're, you're persevering. Yeah. How were you re rewarded with your perseverance? Mm. I, after a while, I got some consolation. An affirmation. Now, before before yeah. we get too deep into this, those people who know about Ignatius spirituality talk about desolation and consolation. Yep. Uh, and you've you've done an okay job of describing your desolation, where mm -hmm. you felt that God had drawn back. Mm -hmm. You persisted in your prayer. You, they call it aridity, which is kind of an arid kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You're not you're not really getting a lot of the the sweet water of, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, so you continued to come to the well, okay? Um, and then how did God reward you when, from that spot, from that place of, of great aridity? Mm. I think the awardance came from a connection that I felt with Him. Was it different than the connection you'd had before? It was similar. Oh, yeah? Actually, yeah, very much. Like feeling like, like He and I were one again. You know, it, it kind of felt like I was running a marathon at that point in time. Like, I'm running and trying to get to this finish line. I'm still going. I'm still doing this. Knowing that, like, I guess maybe in the back of my mind that I was still looking for that initial counter that I had with him in the Eucharist. And um, eventually I got that. And it was, it was so sweet. Okay, so, so he drew away, you persisted, yep. you, were, you were seeking him oh, in, yeah. in a very loving, ardent way, yeah. and then he said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to take, I, by that I'm going to take you to a different level, and I'm going to yeah. show you that I'm still here. Mm -hmm. Is that where you're at still? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would even say even up until this day, <laughs> I, I recently was just in this very desolate part, part of my prayer life for almost a year. Recently, up until yeah, now. Up until now, oh, okay. actually, yeah. And um, it, had, it had started probably at the end of uh, end of July of last year, and, and even up until um, a couple, I would even say a couple weeks ago, where like everything that I was doing was because I was being told that I had to, right? Like I had to go pray for an hour a day. I, I went to Mass because that's just what I did. 
right? Like I prayed because that's just what I did. Now I wasn't getting anything out of it. Like, how did how did that affect your relationship with other people during that during that time of aridity? You know, because I, I I hate to say it, but a lot of times when we were in an arid place or things have got us set off, we were not very happy. But it affects our relationship with other people. So how did that aridity affect your relationship? Mm -hmm. It definitely made me. Um, definitely made me a lot more hostile. Made me definitely made me a lot more. Um, I get not a lot more, but a, I had no patience with um, anything. A little more quick temper. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, and like absolutely, actually, like not really showing any mercy to anyone because I I had just I had been frustrated with with God. I, I was like, where are you? What are you doing? I, here I am. Here I am doing all these things. Here I am. Like praying, here I am going to mass every day. Here I am, like serving you through focus. Well, it uh, seems like it seems yeah. like you don't mind me saying it as we're talking here. It sounds like an inventory. Mm -hmm. So so mm -hmm. so so uh, you know we've talked out, out, out before today about about inventories. We have a tendency to to have an inventory of what mm -hmm. we're doing for God and that's right. Wanting to have a little gold star by each that's one right. of them, and uh, that's that's very common. I mean, I'm probably yep. that myself. So what did you doing this inventory do for you? Doing this inventory for me just helped me realize that, like, I can do all of the things, but what I need to do is actually ask for what I want. So what I was looking for, that same consolation that I had in the, from that very first encounter, what I, was, what I was looking for that. And I had been, like, going to Mass and, like, thinking that I was going to get it, but I wasn't asking for it. And by the time I asked for it, it started happening. If you don't mind me stopping you just a second, yeah. you're talking about working for, I'm putting a word working, mm -hmm. putting in a lot of effort for it, which is nothing wrong with that. If we have a devotion, if we have something going on, St. Ignatius says absolutely don't stop any of that. When you go through this period in which you might be a little dry, it's always good not to make big changes or stop. But, but. Your idea of making that effort and, and working for it, because work is when we, effort's one thing, work is a whole nother. Mm -hmm. okay? That's so right. You felt like you were working for it, and then and then, um, if I if I'm perceiving it right, you discovered that working for it wasn't really the way to do it. No, it left me so frustrated, left me so frustrated because I had a, I was at the point of exhaustion of of like. I really don't want to do this, but I'm once again I like think about at this past summer like where had I been, what had I done, what had I been through, and I'm like I'm thinking back and looking back, and I'm like there's no way that I can give up this home that I have in my faith and in my church. There's just no way. So I just kept going. I kept going knowing, and I had gotten like my higher power was definitely there. Because he had been speaking through some literature that I've been reading and speaking through people, which I find that he, he does still even up until today. And one of the, the key phrases was, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. So this moment of desolation that I was in, where it felt like I was in a desert and parchment, of severe parchment. Um, I, in my back of my mind, I was like, I just need to keep going. I know that it's going to pass. It has in the past. It has it has passed in the past. I know I just need to keep going. Well, I, I like yeah. to I like to highlight for just a minute what we've been talking about here today because as I'm listening to you, I I see that you have heard God's voice. You you've been granted a great feeling. You have you you come with a knowing. Yeah. Okay. And so those are all the ways that many of us perceive God, even in our imagination sometimes, yeah. and yet we may pass it off as not being God. That's right. I mean, just my imagination or discounting it. Uh, we may even have an experience and then have the evil one come and say, you are just uh, you know, mass hysteria or, or hypno yeah. hypnosis. But yet there is truth in it, right? Mm -hmm. There is truth in what you experience. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that desolation now has changed. Yes. And that's just brought you to in the last few months, mm -hmm. couple months. Mm -hmm. And so, how how did so people here understand the, the the desolation? And I think people listening to this might go, 
yeah, I've experienced a little bit of that. How did you perceive that change? I perceived that change when I felt like I feel like I'm one, one once again with the Father. And, but what changed was me. Like, at this whole point in time, I can't change God. But I had to change my mindset on how I thought about God, how I thought about my relationship, and especially <clears throat> receiving His love. And, and, how, and how, how did that change? It changed. I had, as I mentioned, I, I'm, I'm in year one, quarter one of Encounter Ministries. And some of the material that we have been covering was based on renew, the renewal of the mind. So changing the way that I think and perceive, our, perceive my already known beliefs and being open to something new and different. And so when they were talking about the performance-based mentality, that I do all of these things and get rewarded, when I thought, when I was like, when I was thinking about that, I was like, I don't have to do anything to be loved. I could, I could just go to Mass on Sundays and, and pray 20 minutes a day and I'm going to be loved. So it turned into like, I have to do this too. I'm loving you because you love me. I'm loving you because you, Jesus, you gave your life up for me. Did that change your desire for prayer? Yes. At, oh, yes. In scripture? Mm -hmm. so, so not like I'm putting in my hours with the time or I'm putting in my time at Mass. This has changed now in the recent past for you so that now what it's like. Mm -hmm. What now, is that like? Now it's like I want to be around the Lord. Because what I'm doing with Encounter Ministries is I feel like I'm accompanying Jesus in, these in, the, in this. And, and so a part of what I'm doing in Encounter is, is, is praying. Um, and it, praying with people specifically for healing, um, any kind of deliverance ministry, um, bringing even just simply peace. Changing my mindset to from like I have to earn this love to the basic fundamental truth of I'm a beloved son of God and that everything that I could ever ask for is in my authority because of my, because of my baptism. And so if I want something, all I need to do is ask in Jesus' name and it will come. It may not come immediately, but it will come. And then it came when I went out and gave myself. So recently I've been praying with friends, been praying with some family members, and I've gotten a lot closer um, to Jesus and feeling that connection once again back with Him because I'm being now a co-participant in His salvation. Wow, what, a, what, a great, what a great gift to be a co-participant in your own personal salvation, but also in His salvific work in the world. Exactly. You know, so if the, the stones are crying out, you're going, I got to go talk to somebody. Yes. I have to be present, to make Jesus present to somebody else. Um, I've, I've been through the classes you're going on, and I'm, I'm actually in some other classes with that Encounter Ministry. And if, if you don't mind me kind of putting it into a little expression that they've taught us, and yes. that is, that is uh, you know, that, that you know, it, it, uh, kind of an orphan mentality is what many of us have, that performance mentality. If I just did an extra novena, or if I just fasted more, and, and, and then, then God would love me. So that's, I'm, I, that's not who I am. I can't really be a beloved son of God unless I do certain things. Then he'll recognize me as his beloved son. And yet, what you've been talking about, if I can put it into an expression the way I've heard it from you, is, is I am a beloved son. Therefore, I have everything I need to do his will. Mm -hmm. Isn't that wonderful? It's amazing. How empowering is that for you? It's incredibly empowering because now it makes me take responsibility do something, right? So if there's, if there's any kind of argument, I now have the personal responsibility. Instead of me trying to like, God, please bring peace to this. I can say in the name of Jesus, I pray and pray that the spirit of peace would come upon this room. And I'm encountering that change. And it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's just so scriptural based. And it makes sense, right? Like Jesus said back in Matthew 26, like, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And uh, lo, I think i not really good with my scripture after that point, but like Jesus in such a way taught his disciples how he wanted his new church to operate. And he did that out of complete humility 
and dependence on the Holy Spirit. And um, so now I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm not just going to Mass on Sunday anymore for, for me. And I'm not going to Mass on Sunday for another person anymore. But now I'm desiring the Eucharist in a brand new way because I love Jesus so much that I just want to be around Him. And I, I just have a deeper and renewed thirst for Him and to be consumed by Him again. If, if, yeah. if uh, someone was listening to this mm-hmm. and, and didn't... Uh, and hadn't yet experienced what you've been given, uh, would you say that that's just for certain people? No. What would you say about it? I'd say it's for everyone. Okay. And, and, and so, uh, and then what would, you, what would you suggest they do if they, if they, were, uh, if they were saying, well, I, I see what went on with Justin Broyles, and, and maybe I'm not in the, the desperation to be on my knees yet, but I think I probably could be on my knees, mm-hmm. then what would you say to them? I would say continue to continue. If you haven't already began going back to Mass, begin presenting yourself at the well again. So in very small ways, like go to maybe one Mass again. All right, it's been a while and you haven't been to confession. Go to confession. If you haven't began praying, what is, some, what is like five minutes? Maybe it's even just saying a rosary a day. Just begin that process and continue to carry that out each and every day. Well, it sounds like that you have, so, when you're saying this, you have so much trust that God will be there. Yes. Yes. That's because true. in the end, He always has been. And in the, in the times of complete, utter desolation, and especially in the midst of my shame, all I've needed to do is be like, God, what do you think of this? God, where are you? And I keep saying, all I keep hearing is this, I got you. I'm right here with you. I'm going to lead you. I got you. And that's all I need to hear. Well, that's fantastic. In fact, what you just said, I was sitting here thinking to myself, I wish I'd have made the sign of the cross before you said it. It's a beautiful prayer just to say, God, I got you. And maybe that'd be a, a, a good place for us to, to, uh, to uh, walk out of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing with me what, You're so what the stones will cry out in you and what you, you've done. You certainly lifted up my heart knowing that, that no matter what, you, I can can be with God as long as I choose to be with Amen. God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, uh, would, would you like to pray with me? Yes, I, absolutely. I'll lead if that's all right. Yes. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, the God of our heart, the God that holds us in the palm of his hand, the God who has us, Christ Jesus, who shows us the way to the Father and allows us always to seek him, no matter where we're at, how good we are or bad we are that we can always seek Him by just resting in your love. We ask that that Holy Spirit come down upon us and all those who are listening here so that they will feel the love of God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah.